Hello everyone, welcome back to the Sports Stack Weekly Analysis Podcast. My name is Day, I've got Jay with me as usual. Jay, there was a lot going on in the Premier League this weekend. There was a lot of trading to do, uh, a lot of opportunities to make money. Yes. How did you get on? Um, it was it was a great weekend for me from a from a trading perspective. Um, not so much with the with the picks, but thankfully I feel like I I've made up for it with my with my in play um, trading and sort of uh, making money elsewhere um, rather than just the picks. Um, what about you? Yeah, on the whole, didn't do too badly. I think I think I did about ten percent. On my account value this weekend, so like I was I was quite pleased with that. Yeah. Um, there were definitely a few opportunities that I missed, but obviously they're all things that you kind of pick up and you learn about as you go along. So um, there'll be there'll be a few things we sort of pick up on, I guess, in the in the review yeah. where we highlighted kind of like texting each other. We we'd highlighted opportunities to trade, and like sometimes we did take it, sometimes we didn't, um, and some of those turned out to be missed opportunities. But it was a it was a pretty successful weekend, all in all. All in all, yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, on in respect to the picks, I I couldn't really be much happier with, with how that went. So we will we'll get to that shortly. Um, just to give everyone a heads up, on the pod next week we will have a guest um, and potentially for for the weeks after as well. Stay tuned to find out about next week's guest, and we'll we'll confirm uh, the other guests further down the line. We'll jump into the review now because there is actually there's a whole lot to cover and we're going to try and you know keep this pod to, to time as we as we've been trying to lately so Jay we'll start <laughs> with Everton 5 West Brom 2 I think a lot of people probably saw Everton winning this but there was there was a lot to uh, to unpack from this game yeah so I don't think like you said a lot of people probably saw Everton winning this um, possibly not scoring 5 though um, and obviously the, the red card uh, just before half time really did not help West Brom um, in any shape or form uh, but obviously I'm sure I'm sure you want to talk about Dominic Calvert-Lewin <laughs> well I, I do and I don't I mean yeah so on, on the picks he was he was plus 50p so he did for me what Salah did for you last week yeah, yeah. and I was very pleased with that I wasn't actually able to watch the game, so after he scored his first goal, I traded. Initially, I just traded out half of, of what I actually had in him, and then I thought, you know, because he's. I mean, he is one of these strikers who's in and out of the game, and aside from his goals, he doesn't add a lot else on his payout. And I thought one goal's enough; that'll do me. Hopped out. I think it was like twenty p profit, and that's fine. And I. Yeah, I was playing football Saturday afternoon, so I came off after the game. I had texts from you saying, Dave, what have you done? <laughs> and yeah, so I mean, I, I bought him at 41p. I sold at 60 odd, which was fine by me. Um, you end up paying out 91. So good and bad um, in, in respect to the picks, absolutely fine. I think, I think for me, that's kind of revealed uh, one of my tendencies when I'm trading, and I would tend to, to just cash out if I get a goal like I'll say that that will do me now because I have an opportunity to trade out at say a 50% profit yeah when do I want to sit around and maybe let that all kind of just like drift away um, and you know it can it can go both ways from there and on this on this occasion trading out didn't really work for me but um, I can't I can't complain too much Everton were I mean yeah they were they were 
pretty ruthless in the end. Calvert-Lewin got his three goals from a combined distance of probably about 10 yards out, I think it was in the end. <laughs> yeah, um, a, proper, a proper striker's hat-trick. Richarlison and Hammers, uh, the, the sort of wide men in that system, we highlighted last week how different they are. Yeah. Uh, both paid out 65p. Richarlison had two assists. Hammers uh, had an assist and also got his first goal, which will probably please a lot of people. Um, there are a lot of people, I think, who brought him in for FPL. Yes, I did. That's a decent payout for, for, for him. The thing I'm struggling with um, with Everton is obviously we're, we're not used to seeing him, seeing them, sorry, as, as a necessarily a free-scoring team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they dealt with Spurs really well and they were ruthless against West Brom, but I'm not quite sure... Um, how long we we might necessarily expect this to go on? You know they're they're sort of built to to deal with better teams as well. They're not going to you know smash goals past everyone. No. Um, Hammers' base is twenty one p, but I just wonder. Say even against Palace next week, if they come up against a defence that is better organised than West Brom, just whether you know he might have the a, a game where he drops back to a thirty p payout or something. Um, if you know teams try and isolate him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely quite possible. Um, I think we should probably also mention uh, Diangana paying out 53p. Yeah. Which is which is very good. I mean, that, that solo goal um, kind of must have been a, a pretty much a, a knife, knife in the heart of uh, most West Ham fans. Yeah, I mean, it certainly doesn't help things over at the the London Stadium where obviously Mark Noble is so upset to have seen him leave and now he's sort of gone gone to West Brom and carried on doing what he was doing when he was on loan there mm-hmm. um, I, I, I was quite impressed with Jan Garner paying out that much because yeah I think he just had the goal Mateus Pereira paid out a couple of P less he had a goal and an assist um, so Jan Garner's base score was was um, was pretty reasonable there mm-hmm. we've already we've already been talking about f- this game, this game for five minutes is so easy for the time Always to run away happens. from us. We'll move on to the next one. We have got a full roster of uh, of ten games this week. So, next game, Leeds 4, Fulham 3. This is a bit of a blockbuster as well. So, I suppose we'll start with the picks again. The Josh Olimer trade, which is one I was really... I was quite excited about. I felt quite good about it. I thought about it for a really long time when I was thinking... Because, again, this game, I wasn't going to be able to watch the first half. And I was kind of like, do I want to take this pre-game or not and I kind of looked through a lot of his stats from last year looked at when Leeds had played Fulham and decided to go for it and it it, it pretty much worked out to perfection he ended up on 15p and was traded off um, he was subbed off sorry not traded they're not trading players are they really no. um, he was subbed off uh, just before the hour mark so that was was really that was really pleasing and I suppose going back to the the in-play discussion that we've kind of had at various points um, over the last couple of weeks it kind of illustrates the value of subbed players in um, when you're sort of shorting and when you're trading in play yeah 100% 100% if you can you know and probably jumping the gun a little bit here on obviously what we're going to mention in a, in a bit but if you can pick out um, a couple of players in each team who are likely to get subbed and whether you do that off statistics or whether they've just come back from an injury or or whatnot. Um, if you can pick out those players who are likely to get subbed early or subbed first, you're giving yourself a much better opportunity 
uh, when it comes to shorting them. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Um, in respect of Leeds, obviously they've now they've scored seven goals already this season. They've also conceded seven, so I'm not quite sure how how people feel about them at this point. They looked quite dangerous going forward, and actually Bielsa acknowledged in a post post match interview saying that it's going to be difficult to to carry on being this clinical. Um, because Fulham were actually coming back to, to the XG stats Fulham were the better team based on the quality of the chances they created they just didn't um, didn't convert quite as well they were yeah they were very very clinical um, I think uh, I think like you said the, the XG shows that completely um, thankfully for me I, I ended up trading Click who obviously managed to get the penalty purely based off uh, off my mate's recommendation my question to him was literally who takes the penalties <laughs> um, so when he when he got the penalty that that worked out very very well for me and I was uh, I think I traded out straight after the goal to be honest that was that done me quite well yeah I mean that's that's quite good in and out trade so click click uh, he actually had an assist later after, on didn't he yeah so he finished on 60p. Helder Costa had 65p with two goals. He took a super stack prize. Uh, Patrick Bamford had a goal and two assists, or maybe, maybe it was just one, uh, for 55p. So he looks to have started well in, in the Premier League, at least. I have suspicions he might prove to end up being a bit of a sort of, in kind of like a pooky purple patch where over the course of the rest of the season, people say what's happened to Patrick Bamford. Um, yes. I'm I'm not convinced he's good enough to consistently score goals in the Premier League, but I, I'm ready to be proven wrong on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd agree. For with Fulham, that. Mitrovic 61p with a couple of goals, including a penalty, um, and Angisa had 62p f- just with an assist. I think it was. So that's yeah, that's a pretty high base. Um, I mean, in all fairness, that's that's a great payout considering that you know. Um, they conceded uh, four goals yeah yeah exactly um, Joe Bryan was actually another one that I'd, I'd noticed he paid out 49p obviously having conceded four goals he gave away a penalty and he won a penalty so that nets off uh, sort of 5p from him payouts that was that was kind of an interesting one because he, he was very clever in winning the penalty at one end and he went down the other end and gave away a penalty in a really really stupid fashion <laughs> probably the game of the weekend up at Old Trafford um, for some so of us anyway don't know about was, uh, that. yeah well <laughs> it, it at least carried on the good football on Saturday uh, United won Palace 3 I don't think anyone can deny that it was an interesting game yeah it, yeah, it just depends on what you define as good football um. it was a counter attacking masterclass let's be fair uh, United United lacked any cutting edge that was part of the problem right so Palace managed to get an early goal sort of caught them um, caught them napping I think it was the sixth or seventh minute. Uh, Andros Townsend scored, and yep. United just really struggled to to really control the game and actually create any chances. So yeah, Guaita for you ended up uh, what two p down on the picks? I think it was. I yeah, think he paid out thirty nine p. Like it was quite frustrating to watch because I think um, sort of to to a degree, I had it right in the fact that Man United were going to take a lot of pop shots. Um, but their pop shots very rarely got past the the defence 
Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that was kind of what what Palace did do really well. Yeah, um, they were they were able to sort of break up a lot of a lot of United possession before it became really dangerous. Uh, the the two in midfield, McCarthy and MacArthur, did play really well. I think James McCarthy ended up with a a sixty p payout, which is pretty good considering he. I don't think he got anywhere near the United goal. No. Um, on the United side, for you, you you had a short trade on Dan James, didn't you, from kickoff? Yeah, which um, he's just, I don't know what it is. I mean, even though he's Welsh and I feel like I should be backing him every single time, um, I just don't see him as that effective for United. Yeah, um, he started off so well for them, but... Yeah, this time last year. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was a year ago. He, he was doing he was doing really well. Um, but in the last what six months he's just been so ineffective well I, to be honest I think he's been ineffective um, for, for a bit longer than that <laughs> yeah it probably is but yeah he just I mean he ended up doing you know next to nothing subbed off at half time um, and I was to be honest I was actually contemplating taking more of like t- um, making my position bigger on him Right, uh, but I think sort of just before half time, his his payout was twenty nine p, and his sell price was like thirty two, thirty three. I was like, oh, yeah. do you know what? Like the risk here, just it isn't really worth it. Um, which then obviously I regretted about fifteen minutes later when he got subbed at half time, and there was in hindsight there was no risk whatsoever because he was never yeah. getting back on the field. <laughs> yeah, it would have ended up just being free money, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. This is, I mean, this is. I don't know if this is a legacy of the the five subs thing, but I feel like it. It seems more common for managers to be making early early subs, at least in the opening couple of weeks of the season. It feels like that has happened more often. Um, I suppose actually down to the number of red cards there have been. Some of these have been kind of forced decisions. There are a couple that have come through injury. Yeah, I um, think you're going to find it a lot more this season because the the scheduling now is is so congested. Like I I remember yeah. reading somewhere that. Um, sort of your mid to bottom uh, Premier League sides who've got to play sort of most of the rounds in the League Cup as well and your Championship sides are pretty much playing every three days and then once your European teams in the Premier League start playing they're pretty much playing every three days as well yeah exactly I mean I think the worst example of that was uh, was Spurs who they had I think it was nine games in 22 days (laughs) back to the game very quickly Mm -hmm. I would like to talk about Wilfred Zaha uh, just for a moment because he you've got 60 seconds alright 60 (laughs) seconds fine that's absolutely fine he ended up with a 77p payout as a Palace fan it's an absolute joy to see him playing with a smile on his face again because I don't think we've seen Zaha at that level probably for the best part of two years he was given the captain's armband which is a move that I think on the outside would look quite funny for a lot of Palace fans as kind of romantics it's really nice to see him playing as, as captain and I don't know if it's him playing for a move now or if he's just enjoying himself and you know the the transfers we've had in the summer have lifted the mood a little bit around the club um, but I don't think you can give him enough credit for taking that second penalty because well having missed one he's got to step up and, and, and score and try and make amends for the awful mess Jordan Ayew made of the first penalty Um as captain, going back to this team where he's or this, this ground where 
he went and failed as a youngster or failed as a lot of people like to say I don't think that's really fair um, and he's never scored a Premier, uh, Premier League penalty I don't recall him ever having taken one during a game for Palace um, and he tucked it away pretty well So he did and I'm going to stop you there we probably should mention very quickly the whole penalty mess yeah I don't I don't quite like the ruling that you can change the taker I think that's odd that they are allowed to change the taker um, I think that is a little bit strange I I don't know whether it was I think it was sort of 50-50 whether it was a penalty or not it was it was perhaps a little bit harsh I was screaming for it when it actually happened and then when I think it went to VAR I was like maybe I'm not quite sure yeah I mean like any fan you would be screaming for it like I've yeah I've been in that position then sort of you see the replay and like ah uh, yeah okay maybe not <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the thing was, I saw it, but the commentators didn't say anything, and that was a bit that confused me slightly. I was like, maybe I'm seeing things. Mm. Um, then I realised it actually had hit his hand, and it's one of those where in slow motion it looks a lot worse. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't really know. That's enough of that game for now. Arsenal two, West Ham one. <laughs> was I mean, it was it was so boring. It was the most boring game ever. Yeah, you you had three goals in the game, but there was so little going on. Uh, it made it quite difficult to spot any value, really, I think. I think, in play at least, there was no real reason to want to back any of the Arsenal forwards, no. um, any of the Arsenal goal scorers. And, and, I mean, their first goal came a little bit out of nothing. It was it was a very sharp piece of play, um, linking up Aubameyang and Lacazette. Yep. The one trade that I know you took, Jay, uh, pre-game was on Kolasinac, and I think that was um, a big mess probably on the part of, um, I don't know, the liquidity providers, probably people over at Opta, because obviously Kolasinac was drafted in during the warm-up. Yeah, so Kieran Tierney was on the official lineup, but then he got injured during the warm-up. Um, so the substitute market was live, and yeah I think at that point I was like alright I'll try my luck like see if this works um, yeah. so put in like a massive order I mean I think I think about 200 or so matched but in in all honesty I think the order was for something like 600 right the way up to like 30p or something <laughs> right and yeah basically then then it got voided uh, <laughs> Which which is quite frustrating, up until the point where his market opened again, like when everything was corrected and he's like, you know, he got his twenty five p for the starting lineup and whatnot, and his sell price was forty nine p. So well, the, the market <laughs> actually reopened on a fifty p payout, didn't it? It for, did for for a split second, but I don't think there was any, I don't think there was any um, orders in for him at all. No, see. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think there was. What I wonder is if maybe the price then opening a fifty-nine piece, uh, sorry, forty-nine piece sell for Kolasinac. I just wonder if that payout um, maybe messed with some of the algorithms of the liquidity providers. I mean, to establish their price. Yeah, I think if he came out at about fifty-nine, sixty plus, um, then then I would totally have understood that. But I think if you're, uh, if you've got somebody who's sort of on the uh, on the algorithm, got a 50p payout, you wouldn't put this sell price at 49p unless you're in the last five minutes of the game. No, I mean that's that's a fair point. Um, I just I cannot work out what went wrong, but yeah, I ended up 
uh, how many did I short in the end? Um, yeah, I, I shorted 500 in total, um, basically at, a, at an average of about 47p, I think. Um, I don't know why I only shorted 500 because, uh, you know, high 40s for him, it, he really doesn't hit that. <laughs> no. No, I'd I'd look through it and I wanted to be I wanted to be quite set in in the trades I'd made. I there's there's definitely a difference between being opportunistic and jumping into something. Yeah. And looking at it again, that I mean that forty nine p price, or I think even when I looked at it, it was maybe forty five, and that that is too high, and it's probably a, it's a trade I should have taken. But I'd looked at some of his scores from last year. I think he maybe hit that price three or four times. Uh, I just wasn't sure where. He, what position he'd been playing when he had, you know, hit that that slightly higher price? So I was kind of like, I'll I'll just leave it for now. I don't know enough to, to get involved. Yeah. Um, but it turned out to be a very good trade for you. Absolutely. Danny Sabios won super stack uh, with a seventy three p payout and a thirty eight p base. So that's that's quite nice for him. Mm-hmm. On the West Ham side, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot that was surprising. Antonio scored their goal. He had a 51p payout. Declan Rice paid out 49p. Otherwise, there isn't a whole lot to comment on. No, no, it was a very... It really was a boring game to watch. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it was. It was indeed. So, Hampton 2, Spurs 5. This was another one of these sort of will-score-more-than-you games, which I don't know if people net would have necessarily seen coming at kickoff, just given the fact that neither team were able to score in the opening week of the season in their respective matches. Mm-hmm. But it started quite quickly. I think I tuned in maybe 10 minutes late. And at that point, I think Southampton and Spurs had already had a goal disallowed each. Ings opened the scoring for Southampton. Spurs then equalised just before half-time through Son. And then he scored another three in the second half. Um, all assisted by Kane. And yeah. then Kane rounded off the scoring for Spurs um, with a goal himself. And Danny Ings tucked away a penalty quite late on. So... Ings for you was plus eleven p on the picks. That was that was quite nice for you. Yep. Um, if by that point perhaps a little bit irrelevant, but <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Like I said, I uh, yeah. The, the picks, the picks are irrelevant to me. Like I, I'm, I'm more than happy with the fact that I'm fifty percent up. Um, yep. After the first two weeks. <laughs> oh no no I, I mean I totally agree if I, 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 I clearly made some good picks but I didn't even follow them through trading so who's who's the real winner um, probably not me um, there were yeah there were, there were shades of the Southampton Leicester game last season I think a little bit when Southampton lost 9-0 just because every time Spurs played that ball in behind they they got through them and, and Southampton persisted with playing this really high line without uh, the centre-backs having a huge amount of pace I would say yeah, I mean, from what I... Because this, this game I, I actually wasn't around for at all. So all, all I really remember is you messaging me saying, Danny Ings' goal is coming. And then he scored about two minutes after, I think you said that. And I just literally, yeah. I traded out of it straight away. I was like, I'm, I'm done. Like, that's fine. Um, And I pretty much done quite similar with Loris. Like, I just remember trying to check my phone every like five ten minutes like right has he has he made another save yet can i just trade out now for some for some profit um and in the end i did i managed to get 26 pound out of lorries and 56 out of danny ings so 
that was quite Good nice business. but from what I've read it was basically Southampton Leicester last year just the fact that it kind of only started that way in the second half yeah a little bit I mean Southampton did have their did have their opportunities during the game but in the end the, the payouts are quite illustrative obviously Son as you imagine he hit a max payout with his four goals so he hit 107p yep. Kane was close on 95p with four assists and a goal mm-hmm. and then Ben Davies was a bit of a weird one he had a 0p base payout um, so he paid out 15p in the end um, just really struggled to, to impact the game positively I suppose mm. on the other side Ryan Bertrand he got a yellow card he finished on a 9p payout Obviously, listed as a defender, he's lost 25p for the five goals that have gone in. Oriel Romeo, he he looks like a player that is probably quite an attractive short most days because he seems to be such a liability to get booked. He got booked five minutes in, was subbed off after only conceding two goals, but only paid out 20p. Yeah, that's that's going to happen when you get yourself booked early on, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of those. If you can see a booking coming, it's nice because then you have a chance to trade it. But he's he's really been booked there. I think probably before anyone can act on what they've seen, at least maybe if you're taking that trade before kickoff, you you might be all right. But mm-hmm. yeah, that will all happen quite early. Speaking of happening early, we'll move on to the first game on Sunday: Newcastle nil, Brighton three, and this was a uh, felt similar at least to the, the Sheffield United Wolves game the other week because it was basically over before it started. So Tarek Lamptey won a penalty three minutes in, which Neil Mopé tucked away for Brighton. And then he, he had a second goal, which was um, was being deliberated over by VAR for a couple of minutes. But that came in the sixth minute, was given. Um, and, and all of a sudden, yeah, Brighton are 2 nil up and Newcastle just weren't out of the races. Yeah, I'm really, really pissed off with that. <laughs> Because the first week in a long time, you've not traded Neil Mopé. Yeah, and he goes and gets a ninety-one p payout. Yeah, like, it's literally the worst thing that could have happened. Because I, I probably would have seen the first goal and like, right, we're three minutes in, like we're in profit, so let's just like let's just let it run for a while. Seen the second goal, and I probably would have banked half, at least half, and let the rest yeah. run. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's just really frustrating. <laughs> that's, that's the only it's, way I can describe yeah. it. Yeah, it's one of those you can't um, you can't win them all. And I think I'd, I'd looked at this game thinking Newcastle were really impressive before. Brighton, actually Brighton looked very good against Chelsea and that's something that, that I, I want to come back to um, in the, the preview for next week. But I wondered if maybe Brighton might be a bit downbeat having played so well against Chelsea and not got a result Newcastle looked good and actually that might mean Newcastle with you know with a I suppose a nominal home advantage nowadays yeah. um, you know they could they could roll them maybe 3-0 instead it's literally gone the opposite direction yeah absolutely um, and Brighton were just really fast out the traps one of the performances that we kind of have to mention was Tarek Lamptey so he played I think just under an hour got an absolute kick in from everyone he came up against but he was phenomenal while he was on the pitch yeah he was pretty much everywhere um, I mean what was his what was his payout in the end I think it was about 54 54 P. yeah um, with a huge well, I mean with a fair amount of involvement obviously he won the penalty as well which will it will always help uh, it will always help his sports type payout yeah, um, and I suppose I mean anyone anyone who was long Tarek Lamptey from kickoff, they might well have decided they're just 
take the money and run after three minutes because they probably could have traded out a reasonable profit there. Yeah. On the flip side, you did have Anderson Maximan. He obviously he's a bit of a favourite for for some sports stack traders. He's generally got a, a decent base score, um, but he he was just way off the pace and he rolled his ankle a little bit after giving away the penalty and was subbed off after half an hour. So there was there was a nice little short trade there. That was one one of these opportunities I spoke about that you know you you might see and you're not quite sure on. And I'd looked at him thinking he could be a short here because he has clearly injured himself and he's not he's not quite up to snuff today. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he, he came off. I think he paid out 15, 16 p. Yeah, it's nothing, is it? It's just. Um, I mean, what what could you have shorted him for? I think you could have shorted him for around the thirty p mark. <sighs> Um, you know he's one he's one of these that's guys nice. that's priced priced sort of at at a premium. Yeah, he is because of his dribble. Yeah, his dribbling ability, which makes sense. Yeah, um, and it, well, he's he's one of these wingers that isn't averse to to putting a tackle in and and sort of yeah doing doing his defensive work as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. Newcastle, Newcastle, I think got outplayed by Brighton, who were playing a three four three. I think it was a three four three, but they they just didn't really match up well with it and a few times Jamal Lewis was, was having a go at Sir Maximan because Lamptey was charging up the wing and Sir Maximan just wasn't tracking him and I don't know if at that point he was already injured but but it wasn't quite working for Newcastle next up Chelsea nil Liverpool 2 yep so there are there are a few opportunities to trade in here weren't there absolutely um, short in Havertz um, worked for the second week in a row here um, yeah. Obviously, he finished on uh, twenty nine. 